Welcome back, everyone, to the NFT Nation podcast, the most relatable and reliable NFT and crypto podcast in the nation. Today, I am lucky enough to be joined with Balto's Revenge, otherwise known as Kyle Austin. Kyle is one of the lead artists for the Natural DGENs collection, as well as the co-creator of Paper Plate Media. I'm very excited to learn all about Kyle's art, as well as his experience inside the NFT, crypto, and podcasting world. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Kyle onto the show. How's it going, Kyle? Welcome to NFT Nation. Thanks a lot, man, for having me on. I'm actually really excited. Yeah, no problem. I'm uh, really interested to learn all about what you do inside the space, as well as kind of since we both run a or since you run multiple multiple podcasts and we kind of we, we share that and we, we have that in common i'm excited to kind of learn uh how much we have in common just more than just podcasting but before we hop into learning about your kind of nft and podcasting experience would you mind to kind of give the audience a brief explanation of who you are and kind of what you do yeah yeah for sure um so i'm kyle austin uh, better known as a lot of people call me El Sheep on Twitter, um, but my artist tag name is Balta's Revenge. Um, that name comes from my dog, whose name is Balto, um, and I, I I was very clever with it. I know, but <laughs> so basically, what I am is um, I'm an artist. Uh, I've been doing artwork for the past twenty years of just doing art, generally speaking, uh, but NFT art for about of i would say close to two years now um so that's kind of who i am as a person um i do i would like to call myself a pretty busy individual in general because i have a full-time job uh where i i work i also do my my podcasting uh on the side as well as my nft stuff uh it's a it's a great time and it gives me a lot of opportunity to like really try out new things and meet a bunch of really awesome people in the space especially when it comes to the podcasting world as well as the nft world because there's just so many interesting individuals from just all corners of the world um but yeah like that's just a little bit about me uh generally speaking and currently i am the lead artist for the natural born degenerates uh so natural born degens is a uh well we're working on kind of building it as a uh, a brand really for our nft um but the first series came out where they're called lunicorns basically and we'll go kind of go more into that as well but we're actually getting ready to drop our second uh series which are going to be our gullible seagulls but but yeah that's that's kind of a little bit about what i do and uh kind of what i'm doing awesome yeah so if anyone in the audience has uh never heard of kyle austin or any of the work or his podcast that's kind of a brief explanation of who he is, and I'm exci- uh, extremely excited, and uh, I feel very lucky to have you on the podcast today. But kind of just to get started, um, aside from art and podcasting, what would you say are some of your hobbies? Oh, yeah. So definitely, I am a big fan of just, well, I sing. That's one thing. Um, I did music for quite a few years. I never recorded anything, but I really liked being, I was in choir and stuff in in high school. And I still like to continue to sing and kind of record music on Instagram for fun. And that was always fun to do and just, you know, practice with songs, trying to work on my voice and stuff like that. That was one thing. Um, I also really like playing TCG games. So like card games, uh, my personal favorite is Magic the Gathering. Um, it's one of my favorite hobbies uh, in general because, for one, it's a collector's hobby. So I like the collectability of cards, and I like that there are, you know, cards as well. Um, I also like the fact that I have a bunch of friends who also play, so that's pretty cool. Um, and so I actually like, you know, quite enjoy. Uh, it's it's a way to connect with some of my buddies who play out of state, since I live in a completely different state than they do. Yeah, that's really cool. So especially. Uh... Kind of with my background as a little kid collecting Pokemon cards, I can definitely see how that ties into a lot of people's opinions of NFTs and especially just collector's items in general. But kind of on that NFT topic, uh, we'll kind of hop right into the bulk of this episode. And what I really want to learn from you is how did you kind of get your first start with crypto? Well, maybe what was your first experience or kind of just how did you get introduced to crypto? So my first experience actually happened to be honest with you, because I was bored. Um, I was looking for a new hobby, something to kind of, 
I uh, just graduated like college, I would say like two years ago at that point and moving to a different state, you definitely get kind of lost in what you're interested in. And I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I kept seeing, I don't know if you're on, if you're on YouTube a lot, but I kept seeing this like ad for like Robin Hood on the Philip DeFranco show all the mm -hmm. time. He would constantly, he doesn't promote it anymore, but he used to promote it all the time. And I was like, this is really cool. Like I should look into like, you know, stocks and all that kind of stuff. So actually I started in stocks. Um, so I signed up for Robin Hood and I started playing around in the stock market, playing with like Carnival Cruise Liners, MGM, uh, back right before the actually COVID hit. Um, and I actually bought a lot of those MGM and, and that one DraftKings actually really low. So I did profit off of those. Granted, I lost a lot to penny stocks. You know, you live and you learn. Yeah. You're retail retail investor, you 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 come in thinking that they're oh, it's, I I can make a ton of money, and you can make a ton of money, but you can also lose all your money. So it's always playing it safe. But with that, um, I did kind of always. Bitcoin has been around, right, for a long time, and I was a techie in the space, right? Like, I, I knew a lot about about Bitcoin in a sense. Like, I knew it, you know, was something that people use as, as a form of currency. I didn't really understand cryptocurrency at the time, but I always found it interesting. And I was like, man, I should get my, I get my hands on some at some point. Um, but, you know, it always worried me with like, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't techie enough to jump into an, jump into an onion browser and like, really like, no, because I was, at that time, I was, you know, 14, 13 and really like the dark web idea of kind of jumping into a random thing and bidding a virus on my already slow PC at the time. <laughs> so I was just like, eh, you know, I guess I don't need it. I don't, and who knows if it's something that'll ever be worth, yeah. worth anything. And I was wrong, of course, right? <laughs> so I jump in, keep in mind at this point, like I think Bitcoin at 2020 is sitting around like 18,000. I don't even think it was in like the twenties yet. Yeah. Um, and so I bought like five bucks Bitcoin and like, I didn't understand buying and selling a lot of stuff so i would just constantly like buy it would go up like you know 10 20 100 and i'd sell and then buy again like when it lowered down and do it again but the thing is with bitcoin and crypto it's just that's just a lot of it's a lot of money that you're taking away from yourself with yeah. capital gains taxes <laughs> um but in during that too i also saw ethereum and dogecoin but uh dogecoin was the I like to call it the first official cryptocurrency I bought because I did buy Bitcoin for a little bit, but I didn't really understand it. Not not the, not at the time, right? And uh, then as I jump into, you know, like Dogecoin, uh, I actually had done, jumped in when it was sitting at like 0 .000, like 13. It was really, really low at the time. And I thought it was awesome. For one, it's memeable. Two, it was very steady. At the time, even though it was really, really cheap, it was really, really steady. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I could have it and kind of hold it like a savings account. Like it kind of, kind of neat. And I see there's like a big, a big community on it, at least on Reddit. There wasn't a huge community on Twitter at the time. Like there was literally nobody. <laughs> like you didn't even really know who like the actual developers and stuff were. Like unless you did like deep, deep research. Now it's very clear. Like Bill Marcus, Jackson Palmer, like all of those people are important aspects, you know, to overall to Dogecoin as a whole. But you know, so I, I was playing around with that. I got kind of involved in the Reddit community a little bit. I was playing around with StockTwits a lot um, with some of their forums, and it was just really fun. Um, but I kind of got like, we kind of wanted to rally together to kind of, you know, build value for Dogecoin. And, um, you know, I constantly would, you know, message creators, people on Reddit, things like that to be like, hey, how can we like find value in this thing? Like, I think it's really cool. And I think there's a lot to be done. And you know, there was all, there was people all the time who would kind of be like, ah, yeah, it's not, it's only going to be worth, worth what it's worth, right? And I didn't really think that was the case. And obviously, I was right. <laughs> um, you know, it, looking back at it, um, but at the time, I had a hundred thousand coins, and then I decided to sell it uh, when it went up to like point zero zero five, which was like two hundred dollars at the time in in like returns, which I was like, great, awesome, that's the most money. Uh, that I've been in crypto so far, so that's cool. And then, like, I was like, well, I'm not gonna touch uh, Dogecoin for a while. I, I I don't know if it's gonna do anything. And then I saw the TikTok pump, and then I saw what power it could have if people kind of rallied around it. And I was like, you know what? Like, forget it. I'll just put ten bucks. And I'll see what happens. Like, so I put ten dollars in, and um, I let it ride. I let it ride all the way to the top. 
um oh, i didn't yeah. expect it to i didn't expect it to blow like it did but i wrote it like like all the way to 73 cents and oh, wow. I unfortunately didn't sell it i should have to be honest with you yeah I, I remember, yeah sorry to cut you off but like yeah. i remember seeing the initial pump and i think i had about i want to say 200 dollars worth and i sold around the 55 cent range i sold about 80 percent of what i had mm-hmm. just because it was at that point I'd already like doubled my money, so it's like you know what, I'm gonna just just in case mm-hmm. it tanks, I'll sell kind of my initial investment and then kind of just let it ride. So that's what I did. And I, think- I was pretty happy, but I was like, damn, I left a lot of gains on the table. But you know, you can't really complain, especially in the market. <laughs> did. We, we especially in the market we're in right now. I'm yeah, I was gonna say you did, but at the same time, like those because that's the thing right i think you also exited at a, at a really good point because had you not exited like i did uh you'd actually be down right now um granted you know long-term gains i i, I had no plans to sell any any of my assets for the next five to ten years i i'm i'm a very i'm what you would call a long-term holder uh in a lot of the sense so when i when i get something i i hold it for a long time that's that's yeah. my plan um, because I understand dips and I understand gain, like taking gains and taking, and I'll and I'll take it when I when I can, right? Um, mm-hmm. But this whole thing, like I kind of knew, I had a gut feeling with SNL happening that it was gonna it was gonna tank it, and oh, I just yeah. for I, I some remember, reason I remember sitting there seeing Elon Musk in a stupid uh, was it Wario, Wario outfit, costume? and yeah. I was like, oh god, this isn't I like, good. I like and I remember just going on my phone and just seeing the graph and seeing the chart of just a straight shot down because there was so much hype for that episode it's just crazy to see i think everyone was just expecting it to go up it was brutal and people and once it didn't and like once the show started and people i, I guess people were just expecting it to go up once snl was was on and live and i think people were like you know what didn't pump i'm done out yeah and it i just, think that's how it was just Dis- just decimated the entire market. It was a lot of like big players in the game too, just yeah. using it op- using it as an opportunity to because mm-hmm. I mean there's there's a guy like Barry Silbert, right? Uh, he is known as a pretty big shorter. Uh, I forget what what actual hedge fund he's a part of, but he openly was like, "Yeah, I'm, you guys have had your fun. Welcome to crypto." He's like, "I'm about we're gonna we're gonna short you. We're putting a pretty big yeah. short on you," and uh, he's made his money. He definitely has. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, the thing is you should never jump in. And this is always something that like, I, I always warn investors of, especially new investors as they jump in, it's just never jumping in with more money than you're willing to lose. And you play with gains, right? That's, that's, that's the big thing you play with gains and that's, what's going to really lead to your success in this market. Um, don't play with losses Buy buy when, buy when things are low and then start just being cognizant don't get attached to anything mm-hmm. just 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 sell and you'll 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 be successful um but i see so many people like spend so much money like their whole house like stupid amounts of money yeah. on, on on crypto in general uh dogecoin being a big one um but i've seen people lose a lot of money um as a direct result of betting the house and that's the one thing most investors will tell you not to do because yeah. it's because let's just be honest like yes you could be a millionaire cool but if you don't sell <laughs> you're just you're just losing like the dogecoin millionaire i mean yeah you know, i was just about mm-hmm. to kind of mention them when you talked about uh don't get attached to anything like yeah it's this, just this, that guy the doge millionaire he made his entire personality around holding dogecoin and it, it just it just met it messed with him because he could have he could have had a completely different life. He could have set himself up for he could have retired if he sold. Yeah. And I he remember almost three million dollars. Yeah. He's at one point. Oh, I, I remember watching a YouTube video where he was interviewed and I was just sitting there like, man, you haven't even sold your initial investment. It's yeah. like, like what the? It just blew my mind. Yeah, he but was talking. Obviously, with, uh, everyone's different, but wow. He was talking with Graham Stephan and uh. Yeah, the, I yeah. That. I think it's, they're they're great. Yeah. I followed them. Uh, yeah, really those are some of the people talking about them too. I think that's a lot of people, or the two guys that really helped a lot of people get into personal finance in the kind of COVID uh, quarantine era. I mean, they're still making content now, and 
they still make great content, especially just personal finance. I think they're kind of like a millennial, millennial Dave Ramsey. They're more understanding of kind of what everyone goes through on a I agree. Uh, I day-to-day agree. I think, level. Because I think Dave Ramsey is an excellent analyst. Um, I yeah. think he knows what he's talking about when it comes to just general financial he, literacy. He, yes, exactly. Like, but it's, it's, he's, he's, he's a little, uh, how would I put it, outdated. He's not outdated because yeah, his stuff is so just, relevant. He just is kind of out of touch, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. with the average like he, investor. Yeah, especially with – he. it's obviously good. His message is that don't spend money you don't have. Like, don't make stupid purchases. Like, don't use mm-hmm. a credit card. But then you have to realize, like, having credit is so important in today's world. Like, Absolutely. you're not going to be able to get a home loan if you don't have a credit history of multiple years and don't have a good credit history. And obviously, he's, he didn't grow up in the student loan crisis era that a lot of people are kind of entering their personal finance journey with. And still so, living through it, yeah. Like it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's no plans of disappearing anytime soon yeah. either. That's the yeah. crazy thing. But yeah, <laughs> I totally understand that because like, and, and you think of it from a perspective of, you know, even if the markets, let's hypothetically say, because I want to bring in this hypothetical, right, that the, that the financial housing markets and real estate markets were to like collapse, right? Which could happen, you know. People don't think it could happen, but it could definitely happen. There's definitely a, a kind of a bubble, in my opinion. Um, over time, especially wanting as somebody who wants to buy a home, um, as interest rates continue to go up, you know, prices are going up too, and eventually something's gonna give. And when it does, it could be, you know, this 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 fall. It could be two years from now. But when it does happen, like you need to make sure you're in a good spot financially as a whole to if you especially if you buy a house to recover from those losses um and to, to keep your house for a while because let's say you bought a three hundred thousand dollar home um had if things are to turn the way that the, the markets are turning your three hundred thousand home dollar home is worth one hundred thirty thousand dollars now what do you do like you know uh especially if you're buying high like that and especially the interest rates continue to go up because the, the problem is the interest rates will still go up and you'll still pay off of that $300,000 purchase that you made just because your home went down $130,000 and, yeah. uh, you know, value, I mean, that you're going to be paying any less. You still have $300,000 to pay. Yeah. So what do you do? That's crazy. I mean, it's, it's personal finance is a topic that is something is, it's something that everyone views differently. Some people view that, they have to invest every penny. Some people are going to be like, you know what? I can work all my life and continue to pay my bills that way. It's just, it's weird because I'm obviously, I don't talk about my personal kind of life much, but I'm looking to like get a, get a finance degree because that's what I enjoy. That's kind of like why I started the podcast. This is just like the fun mm-hmm. part of finance. And it's just, it's really interesting to see how everyone kind of deals with that. But yeah. to, uh, Get back onto the topic at hand. That was a good little, uh, uh, what'd you, what'd you call it? A little like a ramble. Side, side yeah. Topic. A little side topic about how, uh, we both kind of felt going through the little COVID finance, uh, financial personal finance space, but kind of with that out of the way, mm-hmm. obviously you have, uh, you're an artist and we can get more into your art and what you do and everything like that but can you talk about maybe your um history with nfts how you got introduced to them and uh yeah just kind of start there oh for sure yeah so of course that's actually still stems from the dogecoin community believe it or not um which is kind of interesting because you know a lot of it ended up working that a lot of people especially in spaces and stuff um and twitter spaces and people that are kind of involved in that the lot from coin to coin right um, and a lot of them ended up moving from Dogecoin to Ethereum and with Ethereum specifically playing with the NFT market. Um, when I first heard about NFTs, I didn't really understand them. Um, not, not, not initially. I had an idea and I was like, this is kind of cool if they, if they can figure out how to, how to let it take off. Like, but I didn't really get it. You know what I mean? I was like digital collectibles. Like personally, I like in, in my mind too, as, as, as somebody who interests TG, for instance, I, you know, I like I like having something to hold in my hand, right? As like in this, I'm, I can say I have this, I own this. This is valuable. Like yeah. I can tell you that it is. Um, it's it's a little more complicated when you when you move into a market with utility based digital collectibles, <laughs> because 
it's not something that's tangible, right? You can't touch it. You can't, like, you, you just can't. You can't do that. That's not really how it works. You can own it in a wallet, and the wallet can be tied to a blockchain. But if you're talking to the average person, they don't really get it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but as I t- dug deeper, uh, my mind was like, there's definitely money to be made here. Like, I can definitely see people are interested in it. And honestly, like, I think my art's pretty cool. Like, I, I, I really want to, like, practice more of my digital art and stuff like that. So let me just try it and see, put stuff out there and see what happens. Um, so initially, I tried to create, first thing I did was I uploaded all of them just for fun. Mm-hmm. And I sold a couple of them, which is pretty cool, which was pretty cool. But I wanted to actually play around with the digital space. And uh, first thing I did was I created a line called Petty Puppets. And they were these puppets that you could, like, have on the blockchain. I just thought it was cool. I didn't see anything like that in the space at the time. And that was, like, about a year and a half ago when I did that. And I'm, I'm sure there's hundreds now, to be honest with you, of puppet NFTs. But at the time, there was zero I looked. <laughs> so I had done the Petty Puppets line and... It was it was a blast. I got to play around with a bunch of different like color palettes and kind of just really get back into loving art again. Like because awesome. yeah, it was cool because it was something that was super unique as an artist because there was a time where I really enjoyed doing art. Like really in high school was when I was at my my peak in my opinion. Well, I feel like I'm at my peak now. But back then I I had always thought of myself as my peak in high school because I was drawing all the time. I loved it. It was one of my favorite things to do. I constantly, I'm left-handed, so I constantly had like graphite like on like the palm of my, <laughs> the palm of my hand from just constantly drawing with a pencil and things like that. And I would draw all kinds of things, um, from Pink Panther as like a gangster with like you know a gold chain and stuff like that. I would draw all kinds of random stuff like that, like because I had a lot of friends who liked that kind of stuff. I re- they were really into the graffiti stuff, and I was super yeah. into graffiti. Um, I just thought it was really one of the cool, like one of my biggest and favorite like artists out there is Banksy. Um, I just think Ooh. he's, I think it's awesome. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> and I always yeah, was I love, like, man, more. it would be great to be like a, a, a professional graffiti artist. How cool is that? Um, but then it kind of like that, that, that dream kind of died in college. But so, yeah, so like it kind of like helped bring it back. And I actually felt, it was also in like a brain fog for a couple of years where I wanted to draw stuff, but like, I just didn't have like anything in mind to actually draw. So I was like, it's over that that's done. <laughs> but overall, actually reignited that flame of like you actually have like a talent and you should just keep expressing it and so i put it out there just really hoping somebody would like like it and then not because at the time like i didn't have any money uh a lot of my money was like tied up in investments and other things and i'm also married so you know i have to make sure everything's running properly and smooth i can't just throw all my money into the market um, so like obviously Ethereum and stuff at the time, like was really expensive when it came to gas fees to even put your arm out there. So I went through Matic on OpenSea and, uh, yeah, it went really well, actually, <laughs> at least from the beginning. Um, I had made about eh, 400 bucks on, on my, on my little creations and I had about 20 of them and I think like half of them sold. So it was awesome. So I felt really good about it, like for that first time. And, uh, then from there, uh, I ended up meeting this guy on twitter spaces actually which jump those who are listening um it's not what it used to be there was a point where it was really awesome to really you could meet some really cool people on there but now it, it just really varies <laughs> just <hit Yeah>. <laughs> they're kind of like little live podcasts basically but with like everybody like anybody could jump in anybody could be on one you know it was pretty cool um but you know i met this guy his name was golden x and um, we were kind of talking a little bit, just kind of casually. And then we kind of started talking about NFTs a little bit. And he was talking about how he likes NFTs a lot. And that's what he was like into. And I was telling him that I'd like do art and stuff like that. So I showed him some of my art and uh, he bought one of my pieces. And then he was kind of like, hey, like, by the way, like, I'm actually kind of building like a little startup like company where like we work with other nft artists and creators and coders and stuff like that and we help people kind of fill in the blanks that are missing in like an art project and i think you would be like really really cool for like this project that we're working on and i was like wow that's that's neat (laughs) try it so we do it and i meet a guy his name's eric 
Um, and he's actually like the mind behind natural degens. He had this idea, basically it was a stick figure drawing at the time of like, this is what I want for a unicorn. And this is kind of like, can you make my vision happen? And I was like, this is cool. This is cool. This feels really businessy. This is kind of neat. <laughs> but then yeah. me and him got really like into it. And we started working together, like, and, like, really, like, developing, like, a friendship. Um, and then we really started to kind of really figure out what we liked and what we liked to create. Um, and then we ended up creating, like, Lunicorns. And Lunicorns were one of my <laughs> one of my personal favorite pieces. At first, I had no idea if people were going to like them, to be honest with you. Because the idea was just, like, can you make me something that's, like, rougher around the edges? I don't want, like, this cutesy nft because people have already done that that's that the people do that all the time there there's there's one that looks like everything there's a bunch of apes in the space there's a bunch of you know dogs in the space like let's do something kind of unique um and so we started from like scratch literally like i made this really cute donkey basically with like a toilet roll tied to his like head to make him look like a unicorn, like that was the idea and he was just was a very simple design cute design he's like ah eh, let's can we go a little like more intense and so i made him crazy looking and he changed the color made him look more like a donkey and then eventually it like became a unicorn. and the unicorns are very intense very much inspired um by you live in kentucky so you may know the corvette museum and stuff yeah. So you know the artist Ratfink, right? Mm-hmm. So Ratfink is actually one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, That's so cool. And I love that kind of like really intense graffiti kind of. Um, it's almost like it would call it ugly art, but it's not ugly. Like if you really are understand the subjectivity of art, like it's it's not ugly at all. It's actually very very well detailed. It's just meant to elicit a different reaction. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what Lunicorns are inspired by. Um, and so we, you know, met up with a coder and we've kind of actually developed a, a team outside of Golden at this point, um, just with people that we've gotten to meet over time. But it was my first time ever like creating a generative, generative art NFT. Uh, I had never done that before. And that was interesting. <laughs> that was super interesting just because it doesn't work like creating one giant piece and then creating a second giant piece and a third giant piece. That's what I had thought initially what that looked like. And I was like, that's so much work. Um, but really what it is, is you create like a base outline or, you know, two base outlines, depending on what you want, what you want to do. And then you create traits around those outlines, build on and create these like pieces. So a lot of them, like, that's why a lot of the generative art when you look at it especially like 3d generative art and stuff like that sometimes it looks like it's like paper like copy paste kind of almost like they yeah. just like stuck something on there because especially like the 10k kind of released where they all kind of look the same it's just like small details that are exactly changed. and honestly i hated that i hated it so much like even like and it's not the shit on board api club right but even like things like board api club like it, it, it there are certain things where you look at it and you're like i could do that a little better i could have added something that was more unique but people yeah, seem sometimes, to talking about that sometimes i'll see on twitter like people that are just just be like uh just like a parody of the board api club just like a single nft now it's not even won't even be an nft it'll just be a picture someone made i'll be like wow that's actually that looks so good like compared to like just the basic board than API than club the yeah Granted, that artist is probably a multi-millionaire now. Maybe yeah. even more. Maybe yeah. multi-billionaire, to be honest with you. That guy, who knows how much money he ended up making. But whoever did it, like, freaking props. Like, because that, that was money to be made there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had no idea. Um, but yeah, no, to kind of stem back on that. Like, generative work, I, I didn't want my generative work to look like it was copy-pasted. I wanted it to be something that, like, looked very unique and still kind of pushed an art style that people don't see often. Um, which is like what what I like to call trash art, which you probably heard of being in the space for a little bit, which is like kind of an ugly art, but with like a really nice visual aesthetic. Um, so like unicorns are ugly. Like that's what they're meant to look like. They are not meant to look beautiful or pretty. But if you pay attention and you dig deep and you kind of zoom in on things, I took time, a lot of time, hours, <laughs> days to just make sure and perfect every single crevice of like every single part of the piece. And, it, and I think that shows 
uh, whenever we like look at look at the art now. Um, and it was so much fun to be honest with you, <laughs> like cleaning everything up, making it like really special. Like it was super super cool. And uh, mint came along, and my first mint was super exciting. Um, I had never done anything like that before. We had not never set up a mint before. Um, and it, it started off like a little rocky. I think a lot of we were this was new. This was the first time a lot of us had ever done it. So we just kind of like crossed our fingers and we're like, let's see what happens. And people actually really loved Lunicorns. Like we had been promoing things for a long time, like since last August. Like I've been working on it for months. I, I We opened it. We launched it in January. But we had been working on it for months. And in the meantime, we were building like the following from scratch, like Twitter. I remember there was a time where we had like six followers <laughs> and we had like 130 like people we were following. And we're like, is this going to take off? Are people going to be interested in this? And I remember one of the first panels. Um, I, I remember one of the first panels being like, do you like this art? And a lot of people were like, no. <laughs> I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> um but you know lo and behold we developed a following around it and eventually like our following kind of outgrew our followers like on who we're our, our follow our followers outgrew who we were following eventually yeah. and we started to kind of really build like a brand um we did like a ton of art contests and we did a ton of like you know which we actually if you look on our website um there's a fridge and all the post-its on the fridge are like people's art that they've done of our unicorns and stuff, which is really cool. Um, we really like that kind of stuff. And we would give out a token. And at the time, these people had no idea what the token was going to be able to do. They were just doing it because they really liked the, the the product and they thought it was cool. And, you know, it was at the time it was free to get this kind of thing and just kind of see what happens. And uh, that ended up being our token that we use actually as our big utility, which is not going to make it in GMI token. <laughs> which I'll be, I'll talk about in like a second, but, um, basically from there we minted and, uh, yeah, it was pretty, I, I would say it was a success, especially for my first mint. Um, we sold out our first phase of a thousand unicorns in six hours. Oh, wow. That was yeah. awesome. There's a total was of really impressive. 4,296. Um, so we sold out our first one in, in six hours and that was super cool. And it, it made me feel like super, super like, excited i was like oh wow people really like this like this is this is really neat um i don't really care about floor price floor price and stuff i want people to like it because we we're bringing a good product at the end of the day um so i just like watched instantly and then we did phase two phase two slowed things out a lot we're actually technically still in phase two um so that was the reality that set in right like the first initial phase was awesome because we there was a hype around it but it sold out really fast and it was really cool second phase it didn't sell out as fast. <laughs> uh, it's still not sold out, but it's just because in a lot of ways, like I think we, we made some mistakes along the way, um, which I'm okay with talking about. Like, but I think one is I think we got too comfortable with how high we were going to start our mints off because we mm, minted really low okay. initially. We minted at like 0.2 e-gold and then we went from 0.2 for like uh, people that were on our whitelist to 0.42 and then from 0.42 we went to 0.69 to kind of stick with like our theme of being just a very memeable nft um but with that yeah. being said 0.4 to 0.6 is a pretty big jump and even though you get two nfts with your your first initial mint for some people that like may have kind of scared them off i think initially um especially with it being a new nft that people really didn't see doing much yet at the time we were still really building our we weren't building our utility our utility was set but it was getting it launched and ready to go um, because we wanted to kind of just get people like settled and kind of figure out what they're doing help them kind of accumulate this ngmi token um, and then from there we were going to like you know launch our staking our staking mechanism and then also build on to our actual utility which is a marketplace um, and so utility and i'll talk about this which I think is, I think it's pretty cool. And it's not something that you can do in every blockchain and every space um, is the, basically it's called our, the, the gen auction. And how it works is we bought a ton of NFTs um, with our liquid that was meant, they all, it was always in our white paper. We always, and it's, we call it our brown paper, but it was always in our white paper. It was always something we knew we were gonna do. Um, and so what we do with these NFTs is we allow them to basically cycle them back into the community through our token and GMI. 
So when you earn this MGMI, um, you can actually use it to bid on some of these projects. And some of these projects range from like new creators that are in the Elrond space all the way up to, you know, there are projects we've done, like there's a project called Nogen and they're like, they have these dragons called Nogons. And a lot of them are a little bit cheaper now, but they go up from like anywhere between $500 to $1,300. Um, and then there's some called like Elrond Apes, which go for like, you know, $500 right now, but they were also going for around 1200 bucks at the time. Um, you know, there's different, there's a whole bunch of different ones that, that we've auctioned off, you know, by just being kind of early to some of these mints and just kind of utilizing the mints to kind of bring a utility. So that way people who may have missed the boat on some things could like have an opportunity to like jump in and kind of really get connected to the Elrond space without spending a ton of money. That's really cool. Yeah. I like to see that you all are kind of giving people the opportunity to hop in, even though they weren't there initially. Because that's really how a lot of the NFT collections, especially just the community, will grow, is that everyone gets an equal opportunity to kind of start on the same path, if that makes sense. Just because, Absolutely. especially with something like, I don't know, I want to say like a board Ape Yacht Club, where it's really hard for someone to actually get into it unless you've been in for a while i mean there's just obviously uh just like a major price uh disadvantage to trying to get in to the board api club but Absolutely. just it's it's really it's really nice to see i look that's one of the favorite things i uh like to see from nft collections is that they are allowing more and more people to get in at the ground floor like with equality if that makes sense absolutely and kind of the thought process behind our our whole our whole brand right is competency hidden behind like foolishness if that makes sense like we're a silly nft at the end of the day like we're funny we meme a lot we're constantly messing with people and having a good time and everybody like that's on it that you probably seen some of our like you know discord and stuff in there it's it's a fun discord but when people want to talk like we're always open to talk yeah. um, and that's kind of what we always had it for we didn't want to do a bunch of like giveaways and like oh let's do some like spam the discord or spam twitter and like get our name out there like that's it, just like it's it's a type of marketing i don't like personally and it's a type of marketing i don't think for the long term is successful for your project i think building the project and then building a good community a community that feels comfortable to talk and reach out to its creators is is really going to be where where we win um at the end of the day and so when i mean when i mean you know foolishness it's competency competency kind of hidden behind foolishness uh we're, we're not we're not like amateurs in in the nft space or realist realistically amateurs in the crypto space as a whole because yes it was our first nft mint but we've been around the nft market for at this point you know years <laughs> a lot of us have been doing it you know one two three years depending on who it was our actual like tokenomics person which her name's pippy um she is a uh, tokenomics genius to be honest she's really really smart she understands how it works to kind of build a small economic you know token when it comes to like are not going to make a token you know it has the full understanding of inflation and how kind of to you know to to what what can we what can we build to where the inflation is like still running at like a, a healthy pace versus when we need to kind of like find ways to to move things around to to make it work to where we're still having a healthy market within our within our you know our brand right and we have like really competent developers as well like our developers know what they're doing and know how they're building um like boris um he's actually a, a, he's an amazing like just creator like in developer in general and he's been working like with you know uh at this point he's kind of shown he works on a thing called uh eglr uh let me, see, let me see if I can find it. It's uh, and I'll send it to you so that way you can kind oh, of okay. like check it out. Um, yeah. Um, but I'll send you know what I'll just send it to you after, and you can add it in the show notes if you want to. Perfect. That's just something to check out. But he built a, a basically a system, and I don't remember what the name of the total system. I'll have to look it up. But it, it, it's when you click on it, you can see top gainers, top losers. You can see like when you can click on specific projects. You can look at specific wallets. Like you can do all of that in this in this thing. Like That's in this, so cool. it's it's great. And like he's helping us build out our you know 
our system he's helping us with our some of our future you know utilities that we're wanting to build like we have a staking mechanism right now which was built but he's kind of helping perfect it um he's helping it you know make it work we have a, a, a system we call headlocking which i could go into um which he's also working on getting perfected he's been revamping the entire like um the entire um and then of course like you know i gotta also give my props to like abo his name's alex it's abomination on mm -hmm. twitter um he's our smart contract dev and like i mean the guy's the guy's a genius <laughs> like he yeah I'm, i might need to have some of those people on the podcast yeah. i might need to get in touch with them they're, they they're seem very great. yeah they seem very very uh intelligent people in the space and i think they're i great. learn a lot from them but you know yeah and, and kind I, of conti continue on sorry yeah no you're good uh but that's that's what i'm saying like when we, when we talk about like we aren't amateurs we're not <laughs> like yeah. yes the art looks kind of silly to a lot of people but it's supposed to look like that I want you to I want I want it to be something that's welcoming in a sense something that's like an, an almost an entry level to to understand the bigger aspects of blockchain technology and kind of what we're wanting to build in the futures of, of NFTs and what they could provide which is utility um, and, I, and I don't like for right now it's digital utility but real world utility is where NFTs go exactly. eventually I that's that's I, I think me and you kind of see eye to eye especially with that because how I look at NFTs is that yes a lot of nfts might fall due to kind of just it being a jpeg and it being tied to pretty much nothing but how i view nfts surviving and not only surviving but prospering in like a new economic environment is that with nfts have to lead to something they have to be something bigger than mm -hmm. itself it has to be bigger than a line of code and i think there's a lot of collections that are doing stuff to uh make a use case for nfts like a great example i like to use is like the party horses collection where if you minted a uh pre-mint uh like bourbon or a certain like mixed drink nft you were uh, eligible to receive a bottle of maker's mark bourbon like that's something that encourages people to purchase the nft and join the community and how I view like the community aspect of NFTs is that that's almost the most important thing because without a community, there's really no point to the NFTs other than people just shilling and maybe just trying to make a quick buck here and there. But if you want to survive, you got to have community because those are the people that are going to continue to push the message, message as well as like continue to hold and even bit more. 100%. And honestly, like I'm glad you brought up Party Horses because I think Party Horses is like because you and I are both from Louisville, right? We, we yes. both got to you know actually really enjoy. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like enjoy the benefits of, of Party Horses in, in general. Like uh, so, I have uh, some friends in the space that are kind of in crypto here in Louisville, and like they're the ones who told me about Party Horses initially. And when I signed up, I was like, oh yeah, this is like a competent, like you know, really competent NFT. They have a really cool idea. Um, and I was more than happy to to mint a, a drink. I minted like the champagne. Yeah. And then, and I minted know, the bourbon neat. If that uh, makes you, yeah, I, I can. I wasn't old enough to actually collect it, and I wasn't in town either, so I yeah. never even. I never got the bottle, but I still minted it, and I'm still eligible as soon as more uh, I wonder, come in. So I'm I was excited. like, I was gonna say, I wonder, I wonder if like you can have somebody scoop it yeah, for you, so that way my, you can enjoy. My it plan is, I think. If they won't let me do it, I'll just transfer it to my brother's wallet and send it to yep. him, and then he can pick it up for me. So break it open on the twenty first. Yeah, exactly. It's just uh, make it's just a little special to uh, a present to wait for, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's really exactly. Cool. No, but yeah, no, I I really liked it. I unfortunately was priced out of uh, the actual party horse mint, um, just because it was like five hundred bucks, and I just mm -hmm. didn't have it in ETH at the time. Because ETH is expensive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm, in the same, I'm in the same. I'm in the same horse with, or I'm in the same boat. Sorry, yeah. with that. But, uh, but yeah, Gassi's we are we are a we are a a, 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 a a relatable podcast here. So yeah, I was priced out as well. Absolutely, but I mean, like honestly though, um, I did like their what they were doing, and I think they they have so far brought a really good product. Um, and and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can bring for the the next few years like can can they continue to kind of you know bring value to it and and, and kind of build it because it was kind of built around you know can like the at the actual kentucky derby 
and built around mm-hmm. you know having some of these events and i know they're they're planning on doing more but i mean i'm excited to see where it goes and i'm interested to see kind of what they're what they do with the project for the next like few years because i really do i really did find a lot of interest in what they're doing uh, i actually wanted them on my podcast but they they were super busy and so i was like ah okay like it's fine i get it yeah <laughs> like, we just I, couldn't um, think of time to get it I, done. I only i got in contact with chris weedmeyer who's one of the kind of uh, founders of it and i was actually able to have him on the podcast it's one of our most famous episodes well i don't know if you can say famous but most viewed like i'll say but uh yeah, yeah it was sure. really great to sit down with those guys and it felt it was a different vibe because i minted one of their nfts and then i talked to them so it felt like i don't know i was kind of just like a part of the community because that's what it, that's what kind of happens when you mint an nft you feel just more part of it, it was really absolutely cool. for sure and honestly like i think there's there is like so I guess we can go into a side topic here uh, because I, I think it's an important thing is is cross chain. Um, so we've talked about this. Um, we haven't really brought it up on the podcast, but we talked off thing. So Lunicorn's natural point of gens is actually not on the Ethereum blockchain. It is actually on the Elrond blockchain, um, which is a completely separate network. Um, yeah, I've been wanting to uh, kind of get into that. I was just about to ask a, a couple questions about your experience with uh, using the Elrond blockchain and everything. So For sure. yeah, just go right ahead. So the first thing, first and foremost, I think people from the Ethereum space um, should be afraid to go cross chain. I think that's a, I think it's important to actually go and experience, you know, buying an NFT from a different blockchain so you can actually see, you know, where the value really lies in a lot of things. Like, yes, Ethereum is the most popular, um, but right now it's not the most sustainable. Um, There are a lot of, uh, just as there are with every blockchain, Every blockchain has their issues and every blockchain has their benefit. Um, I love the Elrond network personally. For one, uh, as just a general thing, gas fees are pretty much non-existent. I think I'd maybe pay 10 cents for gas to, to buy an NFT or to yeah. trade stuff around. It's 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 nothing. It's minute, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, but that's a lot of blockchains, right? So like Solana's the same way and Cardano's the same way. They're not expensive to like actually buy NFTs like through those blockchains as well. But with Elrond, uh, what I really like, and it's it's very unique aspect of it, is the aspect of being able to truly own your NFT. Um, one thing that was big, kind of like, I would say, like, provider, like, it was big, it was a big, like, okay, we're going in the right direction here, um, was true ownership. And what I mean by that is, in Ethereum, um, when you own an NFT, like, you don't really own it if that makes sense like yeah it's you're almost... owning kind of the you're owning the map to the treasure you're not exactly owning the treasure exactly exactly you own you own like a, basically the smart contract like you own a portion of it like a very small amount almost like a stock if that makes sense uh but you don't actually own the nft itself um but with with elrond you do um, and that's actually done through a a specific build which is known as a sharding like S-H-A-R-D-I-N-G, sharding, like breaking sharding of glass, things like that. Um, so what it does is it splits the contract easier and more scalable builds. Um, so whenever you get an NFT, it's really yours. Like we cannot change it. Like once it splits and goes to, you know, specific wallets, things like that, goes to the blockchain, you can't touch it anymore. Not as a creator, which means... I can't alter anything. I can't go in and be like, you know what? I'm going to just pull a raccoon society and just <laughs> give everybody bones. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to do that. Like, you can't do that on Elrond, um, which provides a little bit of a safety net there. But to caveat, uh, <laughs> just like every other blockchain, uh, there are plenty of scams and rugs, <laughs> just like there are everywhere. Um, and they are annoying. <laughs> um, yeah. But one thing I will say I also like about the Elrond network before I jump into more like potential things to just like be on the lookout for if you were to jump in is the community awesome. The community is tighter than I've ever seen a community of NFT creators. Like everybody knows everybody. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's still hundreds of thousands of people who are in this, millions even, like that are in Elrond and that play around in the, in the network. But like 
all the creators kind of know one another and everyone's kind of aware and everyone's willing to to like help each other out if that makes sense yeah because we're all building together right um and i think that's where we've seen some like success through that um nobody's unreachable if that makes sense like it is in like the ethereum space if you wanted to talk and like provide like some things like let's say like you looked at something you're like hmm we can you guys can improve this like just send it to one of the people they'll look and they might actually like take you up on it as an idea of like here's a way to like better scale like your mints going forward like things like that like people like to like receive those they want to get better that being said yeah some of in terms of negatives just to kind of be realistic um it's the wild west in the nft space as a whole but definitely on the Elrond network because there isn't we don't have an open sea if that makes sense there's not there's not a safe safe place quote unquote safe place to really buy nfts um there's a few options that are created by developers um that are you know looking and interested in the space um but there's not like a full one that's kind of been created by you know the Elrond developers just yet it's being built but it's not done yet but there's basically three that are pretty big, um, which is frameit.gg, um, DeadRare being probably one of the biggest ways to buy and sell. And the other one is Trust Market. And those are like the three. Um, but there's of course like some some issues with certain aspects of, of those builds being they're kind of built anonymously. You don't really know who those, those creators are that build those marketplaces are so there's a little bit of marketplace trust that you have to have and instill um yeah especially as a creator um but i mean we've we've had a great time really and, and it, it, it's it's fun you just have to kind of trust the process yeah i completely understand that uh sometimes you can't get everything you want with a nft collection or with a cryptocurrency or even with a marketplace you kind of have to uh take what you can get sometimes especially with a small collection or anything like that like sometimes people complain about how OpenSea isn't decentralized when it's the biggest marketplace in the entire nft like market and there's been like stuff with coming out about insider trading with OpenSea as well so it's like which is what do you want it's like you gotta you gotta pick you gotta yeah. pick you gotta pick and choose you can't have a perfect world nothing's perfect it's well, just that's like, my whole that's my whole argument against like it's not a decentralization because i think i think decentralization is extremely important when you're building you know a place like this because that's why people are interested in cryptocurrency in the first place they want yeah. decentralized finance right they don't want any any specific government or anything like that to own a portion of like you know own, own and be in charge of their finances they don't they want that freedom which we should have and should have access to as like people of the world however um, there are certain things um, and certain like pieces, I guess, tied into it, where th- there needs to be some sort of centralization. You need you need to have laws in place. You need to have things that are in place. Otherwise, it's it's gonna continue to be the place it is, where there's gonna be continuous like people that are gonna you know find the small people that launder money the small amount of people in the space that yeah. launder money find the small amount of people in space that are actually rugging people and then use those as a caveat to not grow within the nft space to not yeah. grow for crypto because that's what people use that's what governments use as a way to, to, to scare people away and then it's gonna also can be their excuse to can pretty much just just destroy any possible kind of ex, uh, expansion of kind of the space with Oh, in it, see what happened in OpenSea. There's insider training going on. We need to shut down everything. So, just like you said, you kind of have to. Uh, you can't. You you can't get fully decentralization. But also, I don't believe in fully central centralization. I think a good balance in between both can help kind of any project or collection kind of prosper. Uh, exactly. In the right way. Exactly, and that's that's kind of what I'm personally excited for when it comes to the Elrond marketplace that's being built because it's being built by competent developers and builders like that or that helped build this blockchain in the first place so they're helping build a a competent marketplace that's going to be safe that that, you know things will happen i'm sure everyone's going to have growing pains but it's it's much more central especially because like there's and you can look it up uh, there's some cool stuff that's being built with e-gold 
which is the cryptocurrency and the actual Romanian government where Romania is where this blockchain was actually built and created. So look into that. It's pretty cool. Um, there's some stuff happening in terms of real world value, um, which is why I really like the Elrond blockchain as well. Um, but it's a lot to kind of delve into. Yeah, kind of. That's it's really it's really interesting to kind of see, think about what the future holds for a lot of uh, networks and all that stuff. But talking about the future, um, what does the future look like for you? Like, what are you planning on uh, building and kind of expanding through either your podcasting or maybe your crypto or even art or NFTs? Like, what, what's the future look like for you? What are you focusing on? I hope to continue to build on our brand for podcasting first and foremost. I'd like to have more podcasts on our under our umbrella. Maybe we're basically building like a kind of a collective of podcasts um, and from a variety of different genres and, and flavors of what people like and what people are interested in. We even have a Twitch stream channel that we have that we play games on and play like Magic or we'll play like Rocket League or whatever, whatever's like going on. Um, and we want to continue to kind of build that and grow that. Like we have uh, a couple podcasts that are kind of in the scope uh one that we're looking at that i that i'm actually really excited about and i won't be hosting it but uh, it'll be my my co-host danny uh that runs the weekly d he'll be hosting a podcast called immigrant mentality that he'll be doing with his his fiance um where they talk about immigration um and immigration reform and, and just conversations about you know the process different stories and experiences from both like a right-wing perspective and a left-wing perspective as well as a central perspective um you know and so they're, they're going to be going into a lot of that. Uh, I would love to have a fully um, bilingual at some point. Um, oh, wow, that's, that's, that's kind of a goal. Yeah, I have awesome. a lot of my friends speak, speak Spanish and stuff. And I think it'd be really cool to have like a cool bilingual podcast. Because especially in Texas, um, a lot of the Hispanic community, especially like the Mexican community there, uh, is, speaks a lot of English and Spanish bilingual. It's, 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 it's kind of like a little bit of that, a little bit of that, but you can kind of understand what they're saying because they're speaking both at the same time. Um, but it's really cool. And we want to bring more to that. Um, Nas for natural born to gens, I, I plan to be doing this as long as I'm able to. Um, and yeah. I mean that in the sense that I would love to do this for years. I would love to do this and retire doing it, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I don't know what the future holds necessarily for the NFT space as a whole, um, but we want to keep building. And we want to keep creating and we want to keep innovating and trying new things. Like we're about to release our, our second series of mints, um, which drops, I think it can, might be dropping tomorrow, uh, to be honest with you. Um, so, uh, yeah, the day of the recording, we're recording this on, uh, June 8th. So that, that will have minted on June 9th. Obviously this episode will be released, um, a, 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 a couple that. weeks. Yeah. A little bit after that, but, uh, but, yeah. And more than likely, they'll still be able to mint. So if you haven't minted a gullible sequel, go check out the Elrond Network and go mint yourself a gullible sequel. Uh, the thought process, it was supposed to be kind of potentially a surprise mint. Um, we wanted to kind of just like surprise our audience and our people uh, with a really cool, you know, drop. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it kind of helps prevent like hackers and, and, and bots from jumping in and taking all of your stuff, especially when your utility is built around a ton of people owning it. Yeah. So we just kind of wanted to do something kind of fun and silly and kind of keep up with our brand. You know what I mean? Yeah, giving, um, so giving power back to the community. I love it. Exactly. Exactly. So we're, we're doing that. We're getting ready to drop the seagulls pretty soon because the only reason it might move out a little bit, but we really wanted it done on June, June, June 9th. So six, nine. Uh, and then <laughs> of course start minting at, you know, you know, zero four twenty uh, UTC, which is like 1230 in the U S <laughs> on yeah. Eastern time. So that's kind of like the idea. <laughs> so we wanted to kind of fit in with the 69, 420 to kind of just keep up with like the silliness of it. And they're going to be minting like the first 500 at like 0.01 e-gold, I think, for the first 500, which is like 15 bucks. Oh, wow. So we're just going to... That's just, dope. Yeah, I'll yeah. Definitely, I'm definitely going to keep my eye on that. For sure, man. For sure, man. But they're, they're fun. Like they're basically... So this is the second series being that they're still very silly, very memeable. Um, they are a bunch of seagulls that were raised by hawks, uh, specifically a hawk named, well, he's a falcon, Butch the Falcon. Um, and so they are these really kind of like alpha, kind of really goofy, big chested, like seagulls that are like, just like doing a, like a hawk dive bomb <laughs> and they have like a bunch of 
on them too, which is pretty cool. Um, but they have a pretty cool little mechanism that we're working on called flocking, which is a part of our not going to make it build, which basically the more seagulls you own in a wallet, the higher percentage of NGMI that you actually earn per day. So like you can earn like a portion, like let's say like you earn, you have like 10, then you're earning like, you know, this, this many, like 1500, 1200, like NGMI. And then you mint like 20, then you're minting, then you're making like this many. <laughs> so collecting more is the, is the kind of the benefit. It'll benefit you, to, especially if you jump into our auctions, which eventually, you know, by the end of the year, hopefully we'll, we'll have it set up as a full auction house, like an auction marketplace where you could be betting and bidding on like 20 different ones at a time. Like that's the goal long term. Like long term, yeah. that's the goal. Um, right now we're doing three at a time. Um, so if you go on our discord and eventually they'll be on our website, that's where you'll be able to do it. And that's kind of where we're wanting to move away from discord as a whole. Uh, not necessarily just for like the community base, but just because it's a lot easier to just go straight to your own and have everything in one place. If that makes sense yeah. where you can mint, where you can stake, where you can headlock, where you can flock, like all that stuff. It'll all be integrated into our website. Awesome. I'm really excited for the future of, uh, kind of all your endeavors as a whole. I think, uh, I wish you the, uh, best of luck and I'm really confident that you can, uh, be successful in whatever you want to do. So that's really cool. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, but uh, before we kind of head out here today, I've, I think we uh, I've learned so much about you, not only what you do, but kind of what you're interested in and kind of your future prospects for uh, what you're working on right now. I have one more question for you today, but before I ask that, I kind of want to give you the floor and be able to tell the audience today where they can find you on social media, where they can find your podcast, where they can find your collective where they can find your collections as well so yeah i'll just kind of give you the floor and go ahead sweet so you can actually follow me on all my social media at it's that guy kyle so i-t-s-t-h-a-t-g-u-y-k-y-l-e it's that guy kyle on instagram and twitter Uh, don't find me on facebook because i don't want you to Uh, (laughs) so stay away from my facebook because i just share memes on there unless you really like that um you can also um follow the natural born degens page uh it's under natural degens on twitter uh our our actual uh, our actual thing here is the uh at natural n-a-t-u-r-a-l-d-e-g-e-n-z uh you'll have a lunicorn there which is our logo um and that's where you can find us uh there um and then you can also jump on our website which is is going to be natural born art n-a-t-u-r-a-l-b-o-r-n-d-e-g-e-n-z dot art and that's going to be where you can mint stake you can take a look at the team you can take a look at our our brown paper our roadmap kind of where we're going what we're doing when we're doing it uh and expect a full revamp um if you're seeing it with the with the fridge it's not not fully revamped yet but it's going to be um but that's where you can find us there and uh yeah you can also feel free to follow us like we have all of our our social media kind of linked um on that page for any of the creators devs anything like that so if you ever want to kind of take a look and and meet some of those people that's the best way to do it um i do recommend if you are interested in going through the alron network um i do recommend downloading the Mayer app the m-a-i-a-r uh that is just honestly the best wallet i've ever used (laughs) and uh it works it's eagle built basically but you can also of course buy ethereum and bitcoin on it as well awesome yeah thanks mm-hmm. for uh, letting the audience know where they can find you i'm sure there's going to be uh a lot of people that want to check you out after this podcast especially oh, since yeah. we this conversation's gone really well and i'm uh excited that um we're kind of becoming friends in the crypto space and acquaintances it's it's good to find talk to someone that has similar interests as well as like a similar uh history inside the space but before we do head out uh, today, I want to thank you again for coming on. But I do have the final question for you, and I ask this to every guest that comes on the podcast. And that is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Um, if I could have any superpower, um, I like personally the power of... <clears throat> I don't want to see the future necessarily. 
because I like to kind of be surprised about what happens. Yeah. Ooh. Um, let me think. Um, honestly, I think I'd really like the power to just be able to fly at like breakneck speeds. <laughs> That would um, be really generally cool. without being just hurt because no like transportation cost ever. Yeah, I just be able to travel wherever I want. <laughs> Inexpensive. Pick up, you yeah. know, you want to, you want dinner in Italy? I got you. I'm gonna pick up <laughs> dinner real quick, come back. I'll be back in an hour. Like just it, like things like that. Like I think it would be a really cool power. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I I think I, I tend to agree with that. Just never having to ever plan for like a, um uh commute times would be dope. It's just like, oh, I'm ready to go, boom, here. <laughs> that that would be really nice, but yeah, I, I just I just want I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to join me for this um, seemingly a little bit over an hour interview. I'm uh, really happy and excited to post it. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. if you're listening to this right now, it's been posted, but I'm uh, excited to get it out there and let everyone know about what you're doing with your projects and everything. And also, I want to thank the viewers uh, listening today. It's weird to say viewers, but I guess you guys, I'll say um, I want to thank the listeners for listening today. You all are the whole reason why we are here. And if you all have made it to the end of this podcast, it's been pretty long. I just want to say uh, thank you from the bottom of the heart, bottom of my heart. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, yeah, just continue to support. And if you want to support uh, here, us here at the NFT Nation podcast, feel free to follow us on our social medias. Our link tree is going to be in the show notes uh, as well as Kyle's and the uh natural dgens um kind of whole social media so all of that will be in the show notes but if you want to support us feel free to follow us on our social medias it is at nft underscore nation underscore podcast that is on all of the social medias uh twitter tiktok instagram and youtube feel free to send us a message there or just kind of like our content and continue to follow us that way but also if you want to go even further than that feel free to leave five stars on spotify it really helps us um grow the channel just because even though we are small here and when spotify sees that we are getting rated five stars they kind of get the notice that hey we're small here but the content that's coming out is pretty good and people enjoy it also uh just feel free to share this episode with a friend if you uh want to tell show one of your friends or family about uh kyle and all the stuff he does feel free to just send them the link it's pretty easy i do all the time so yeah i just want to thank you all again for listening and Kyle, do you want to say anything before you head out here? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys for you know even taking the time to listen to this. I think it was awesome. I think it was really cool. And honestly, shout out to Michael for making something really really cool with NFT Nation podcast. Um, and I forgot to mention, check out the Weekly D podcast and A Nightmare on Podcast Street. Those are my two podcasts that I do. Uh, you can also check out Accidental Chaos at Accidental Chaos sixty nine. Uh, that's our Twitch as well. We do a ton of ton of streams uh, as much as we can. Um, but yeah feel free to check those out as well but yes uh big thanks to you for jumping for letting me jump on and kind of and especially as somebody from a completely different blockchain i don't you had heard too much about so i appreciate you taking the time to, to listen yeah uh-huh. no problem uh yeah i'm always willing to learn new stuff and i'm happy to get the information out there so yeah guys i think that's going to be it for us today um thank you all for listening and have a good one guys peace